0: Another edition of Swoop's World Late Night, a special edition, and uh, it's going to be just Swoop. And I'm going to give a call, and we're going to chat with Anthony Davis, catch up a little bit, talk about what's been happening uh, local in the world of sports and the Pac-12 and NFL, and uh, we might even have a surprise guest after that. We might be able a chance to talk to Bob Case. And uh, find out what's been happening on his end of the world and his insight in uh, what's going on in the, in the Pac-12 uh, in SC. So let's give AD a call and get this thing started here. Good evening. Good evening. I'd like to welcome five-time national champion, uh, two-time All-American in football and baseball out of USC, local hero. I played in the NFL, CFL, WFL. Anthony Davis to the show. How are you doing, AD?
2: Doing fine. Doing good.
0: Also known as the Notre Dame killer. Man, It's a, it's, a, it's been a while since we had a chance to chat, and uh, we're going to get together tonight and, and, and talk about a few things and, and get your take on a lot of different things that's been happening in the world of sports. And uh but before we get jumping on that let's let's talk a little bit about uh your book Kickoff Concussion as well as the movie that's coming out. Right. You you have the book uh, that you wrote, uh, Kickoff Concussion, uh, The Notre Dame Killer Recovered His Brain, and it talks about uh, concussions in the NFL. You're in a movie with Will Smith that talks about uh, Dr. Olamalu, and uh, we've got some news on that this week uh, regarding uh, the NFL and whether they had a hand in that or not. But, you know, you're, you've are you been a big proponent. You've been out in the forefront of this whole uh, concussion thing. You, you, you hooked up with Dr. Amen a while back. Tell our listeners a little bit about the book and and, and your involvement, and uh, a little bit about the movie.
2: Well, first of all, you know, Doctor Daniel Amen kickoff off concussion uh, was co-written and uh, designed by Jeremy Rosenberg, and Doctor Daniel Amen wrote the the of the book. And the thing is about how all this thing started about me. Getting involved with the concussion situation with sports and period and across the board and everything how it affects your brain. Uh, I was the first former NFL player to get his brain scanned by Dr. Heyman and his team of 115 former players, and that's how it all started off about eight years ago. And I've been on the supplement program with him for the last eight years religiously because, and I've seen improvements of my brain function, you know, uh, in terms of. And I thought I was fine until I met him and been was scanned. I feel much better now, and then through my relationship with Dr. Amen and his team, the Aiman Clinics, uh, I was recommended to get involved in the Sony picture with uh, Will Smith and the guy, the director writer Peter Landersman, uh, who wrote and directed it, who did a great job, and uh, and that's how it all started with me. Then also, you know, uh, Peter knew I had some I had background in the film business anyway, so you know it was very fitting for me to be involved in that. Also, too, for the listening audience, you know, uh, of course, I was very naive about uh, the concussion situation. You know, most people that, that followed my career knew that I was uh, drafted in both sports, and my my my, my uh, mistake professionally was not playing baseball. If I'd have known what I knew now, I would never played professional football. It'd have been baseball. Uh, but you know, that's water on the bridge. I'm a big component of uh, improving. The safety for NFL players, college, high school, even youth, about this concussion situation. But I don't know anything around it because anytime you put a, you put a helmet on your head, you're going to have some kind of trauma. And this thing, this myth about well, they're trying to, you know, make the game safer. There's no way of getting around it. The game is, was developed to be violent. Right. And uh, you know, they're, they're talking about today. The they were talking about today the how you know, they're teaching youth to hit, not to hit with their heads, but to hit their shoulders. Well doesn't matter. I mean when you hit that ground you shake that head and uh, should you might alleviate some of that but you're just not gonna bypass a lot of that stuff. So uh, the movie's gonna so the movie's gonna depict uh, Will Smith portraying doctor Bennett O'Malo and, and how he through his study developed the C T E enzyme who is is what the danger was and I think they did a, a survey or did a study on some players, I think eighty to ninety percent of them tested that they had C, CTE, mm-hmm. both com, you know, current players and current players that are out of the game. So, uh, so this movie will be uh, a wake-up call. Uh, the NFL, I think, it's going to get some, you get a little heartburn about, about the movie. But it is what it is. It needs to be told. Uh, you can't be hiding under under a rock these days because. It's a major issue in in every game on all levels of football. Somebody has brain trauma. It happens. Right. Uh, today they had Brady Quinn on Fox News talking about how once he was in the game he had a concussion and realized, and then until he sort almost, you know, went to the sideline and said, "Look, you need to check me out because you know I'm I'm, I'm woozy." So, uh, and you know, across the board, youth football in the United States, I think, has been. I don't think the last couple of years they've had 15, deaths deaths related to head trauma in the United States, which, you know, they're not really talking about it. If you want to dig deep in find of it, the, the stats are out there. You know, I might be off maybe one or two or three, but I'm really close about that. So, but they're not talking about that. And this movie will bring light to all of that. And, uh, and, you know, the NFL is going to have to take whatever it is, whatever public perception after the film comes out, they just got to deal with that. It is what it is. I'm a big component of uh, if you're going to play this game, if you want to play, just know the consequences. And when it comes to the NFL and college football, under Dr. Amon's program, with his supplement program, and his hybrid-baric program, uh, that's what every facility should have that. Because if you're going to get your brains kicked in on every week, every Saturday or Sunday, at least you should have a comprehensive supplement program, and you should be in a hybrid-baric chamber. You know, every week. Yeah. Every week. And why they don't do that, the kind of money the National Football League makes is the biggest generating sport as far as financial stuff in the country. And for that matter, for capital, the whole world, you got 32 of the richest men in the world. You're going to tell me you can't take care of your players while they're playing and after they retire? I believe every former NFL player should have lifetime medical. And they need, they need to set a fun up and do that. And that's what I'm a, a component of. And, you know, I know this might be controversial, to the powers to be but i know my colleagues and current and past they totally agree with me because i know guys are having big time problems now so the program with amen the book the movie will all spell everything out and I, I want everyone to go buy this book as you know it's on lulu.com and amazon and read the story and uh no one's going to shut me up about it because it's a serious thing. And I know guys are playing the league now that shouldn't even playing now. But for the love of the money, they stay in the game. But I think they don't know what the consequences are after they get out of the game.
0: What do you think of some? You know, some of these guys we, we see them playing, we see them take the big hit, we see them on the sidelines. Uh, you know, th- now they have the protocol, but you, you know, a few years ago before they had the the, the, the protocol, and then you know you could tell that they're they're out of it. And then you hear them talking, and they say, "I've never had." You know a concussion. You know I've never, I've never experienced, uh, you know, any traumatic brain injury. And you know we've seen, we've seen them take the hits. We've seen them get knocked out. You know, and but what, what do you say to those guys?
2: You ever hear of marijuana? Let me tell you something. They must be smoking some of that because anybody who puts a helmet on their head, whether or not they don't have the, 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 the direct hit, or where they're woozy, every time you take a hit, it's traumatic trauma in your brain with how light or small it is you have it you might be having little hits but all those hits build up and the thing is i know every player is different every guy's hit is different and everybody's body's different but anyone who puts a helmet on the head has trauma and for somebody to say that they never had one they're full of it because you have one it's like it's almost like having a car accident every time you get hit right You see, so I asked somebody, I heard somebody on TV say that the fact they never had one, I I laughed so hard I couldn't believe it. (laughs) Because every time you put a helmet on your head and you go out in combat like that, there's trauma. Whether you still are playing the game, but you're still developing trauma every time you take a shot.
0: The the there are two other things on this though. Do you, you think the, uh, the there can be some improvement in the equipment? Would that would that would that uh, help with this at all?
2: You can have equipment changes, and you, and you and from a technical standpoint, you can improve the equipment. But it doesn't matter if you put a helmet on your head. You know, it's like it's like you got the, you have your brain, you have your the skull of your head. Then inside it, that's soft matter, what if you have a tank around your head? And every time you get every time you get hit it shakes.
1: Right.
2: It shakes. It shakes. Well, what's what's inside of your skull stopping that shaking? Nothing. So you still bounce around regards what you have you know in your uh, regards what you have on your head on your head or not. Now that's what I've been told, that's what I've seen. And I haven't seen anything, no any new technology of the helmet is gonna prevent that. I mean they, you know, it, it it might you know, shock, some of the shock. But if you play long enough, you're gonna still have effects. Right. And the longer you play, the more the trauma. You, you, you for example, you take a guy like Marcus Allen played 17 years. Start checking it out. Just because he doesn't have any symptoms of of that, one day it might it'll hit him. You, you know. Uh, and like I say, everybody's different. You take Junior Sale who's passed away. 19 years in the National Football League, Who does that without coming out with any ill effects with your brain? Mm. Anybody that plays 10 years or more, they're in no man's land. I mean, in any time you play even more, and you got to remember most of these guys and most of us put a helmet on. We were 10, 11, 12. <clears throat> excuse me, 10 or 10 or, you know, 10 to 11 years old. Right. And the trauma starts then. And like I say, everybody's different. And everybody has, deals with the trauma different from each other. From a, from a physical standpoint, everybody's different.
1: Right.
2: But I'm saying that anything, it doesn't matter what kind of technology you've done with these, these helmets, is going to change anything. It might soften a little bit, but but the longer you play and the more the hits you get, you're still going to have the same effects as the end of the day. And, I, and, and, I, and like I am, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a component of everyone should get their brain scanned after every year and determine how long you can play. I mean, that's where it's coming too far. As I'm, what I think is going to happen. I could be totally wrong on another planet, but I believe that's what's coming, because there's so much liability out there with these, with these concussions. And for some reason, it doesn't seem like it's getting better. It's getting worse.
1: Well,
0: here's here's another question I have, and, 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 and uh, I use this example. Uh, you know, back in the in the '60s, the, uh, I believe it was, they took cigarette commercials off the TV. They put the labels on the side of the cigarettes. And, uh, you know, anybody who started smoking, you know, <clears throat> you know, for the last 30, 40, 50 years has known the dangers of smoking, but yet people still sue the tobacco companies. Uh, I think anybody who's playing on a professional level these days knows the consequences uh, of what can happen out there. They understand the risks involved. Um, do you think, you know, when we start talking about lawsuits and things like that, do you think guys have a leg to stand on? Not, I'm not talking about guys who played back when you're playing, but I'm talking about the guys who played in the last, you know, five, ten years.
2: Well, well, the thing is, with with all the, with all this research and everything come out with, the, with with the concussions and things like that, they know coming in now that if you play too long, they do know this. If you get too many concussions, you have to get out of the game. Right. And some of these guys, like you take that rookie from the 49ers who who retired after one year, realized after doing his own personal research and talking to people, he realized he was jeopardizing that he he could have some, some crucial things happen to him physically. He got out of the game. Yeah. He made a little bit of money, but he got out of the game realizing that his safety and his health is more important. Yeah, I think you know. I think these guys playing the game. I think they're very conscious of it now because there's so much stuff out there, and you, and you can't conceal all this stuff. So, obviously, they're going to start making decisions early in their careers. And if they and they start developing these concussions early, I think you're going to see a lot of guys vacate the league.
0: Let's uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about. Well, while we're on NFL, let's stay on NFL for a minute, and then we'll, we'll move to the NCAA. You know, there's a lot of a lot of things been happening this year that I find you know quite interesting. And uh, one of the things is, is some of these teams that are, are undefeated. I mean, the Bengals are 4-0. Uh, the Broncos are 4-0. Uh, you know, the Panthers and the Falcons. Uh, what's happening with the league? You, 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 some of these teams that are, you know, per, per, perennial leaders aren't doing so well. and Some of these teams that, you know, have, you generally you know, fall in the middle or to the bottom are, are, are starting off with a bang.
2: Well, here, first of all, let me you know, let me go with the Atlanta Falcons and, and what I what I think that, that's been influenced there. And I know the, the, the defensive the, the defensive coach of mine from the Seahawks is there now as the head coach. But I do believe that Richie McKay's there was the president of Atlanta Falcons, whose father coached me. I see a lot of similarities in that offense. The way I used to run the ball at USC, and into my first year or two in the pros, and they got a runner there that attacks the line of scrimmage, who's in sync with his offensive line. They have an offensive system that's playing to their two great receivers, three now, and they got a balanced attack. And their offense is attacking a attack just like we used to do. And then, you know, you have Ryan, the quarterback there, who you, you, I see he seems relaxed, he doesn't seem pressured, and he seems like he's running down. And that and contribute that to Rich McKay bringing this guy in, knowing what his father used to do and stuff, because like I tell people, even the old school stuff, what they do systematically works today. You just blend that stuff in today, what they have today, and that's that's the Atlanta Falcons I see. Yeah. And pretty much had the same personality in the running game. But all I'm saying to you is that, based on what I see, they could have done it with any personnel. But I'm telling you now, that kid, that, that, I can't think of his name. He's a running back. He's a You know, he was with the Porter, uh, Florida State. He's fourth-rounder. That guy looks like a first-rounder. What, what are you talking about here? That's the reason why the, the draft's a joke anyway, and it's a crap sheet. And you got guys in his practice squad probably should be a first-round draft. So that's where it the Leonard Falcons, it is for real. Now I heard somebody say, well, you think they can go six? You know, well, anything's possible. Maybe, maybe not. But the way they're kicking people's behinds, anything can happen.
0: It, it's amazing. And you know, you, you talk about, uh, so, you know, we've been talking for years now, and you, you always talk about systems and utilizing, uh, utilizing uh, the best players for, for this type of system you're going to run. And it uh, sounds like what you're saying to me is this guy, this guy, that's exactly what he's done.
2: That's exactly what it is. I mean, you look, if you look around and look, at the, and look at talent, look at stuff on paper from collegiate and professional ranks. If you have a coach that's in sync and knows everything that his player can do in every position and he knows I can orchestrate all those pieces, that's then he knows what he's doing. That's you can say whatever you want about Belich, Belichick calling him a cheat and this all kinda of stuff. But look look at all the consistency he's had over the years. That's why he's down. that's why they talking they talk with him about being one of the greatest coaches of all time. six Super Bowl with him and Brady. Right.
1: I'm
2: saying everybody should take note of what he does. You might not you might dislike him or whatever, but his way he does, he knows how to analyze his players, how it fits in his system, and that's how it works. And every team that does that is always at the top every year. They're right in the running. I see that with Atlanta now. I see you know, I see that now with Carolina Panthers, whatever whatever they're doing, if they can get a balance and stuff with Cam Newton. Because I think physically, physically, pound for pound, I think Cam and uh, – what's the – uh, Andrew Luck, mm-hmm. those are the two, those are the most physical football quarterback in the position in the game. And I can see a lot of things that Cam can do with the Carolina Panthers from his physicality and stuff. And if they ever put that together, they can be a great team too. But it takes time. You got to have people. To, you got to have coaches that you know and feel as players. That's what you got to have. You can't make anybody conform to a system. You got to build. You got to build your talent around a system. You, know, you got to build it around the talent what you have. Right. And as and, and far as I'm concerned, the talent of a coach is being able to diagnose what players can do. If you don't know what players can do, and you know how to orchestrate that talent in a system. You're gonna you're going you're going you're, you're gonna lose. This is like i always said about you know my former my alma mater USC in terms of, I mean pound for pound they got the best talent in the conference. Pound for pound, ain't the top five schools in the country with talent. And all you got to do with that is just orchestrate and find out what each one of them can do and find out what goes on but you know a lot of times you'll have the talent overcome what's going on and win a game but at the end of the day you've got to have an orchestrated pool of talent going in the right direction both defensively and offensively that's going to be consistently beating people if you don't have that you're going to lose
0: let's you know let's talk about let's talk you mentioned talent let's talk about talent let's talk about the 49ers right now um Kaepernick seems to be struggling. Uh, some people are saying that uh, you know the, need, the coaching change is, it may be an issue, but some people are saying, well he was struggling at the end of last year, too. but uh, a lot of uh, talk I, I was hearing this week was the fact that guys like uh, Kaepernick, you know with the speed and whatnot, um, they, you know they say bottom line is football, regardless how you look at it, regardless who you bring in, the, the teams that the teams that consistently win. Or have pocket quarterbacks. You know, you might have a guy who can move, but not necessarily a guy who takes off and uses legs. And you know, and doesn't doesn't check down all the way. Uh, true statement. What are you What are your thoughts?
2: Oh, it's not a true statement. The bottom line is, you saw what Kaepernick did with Harbor, Okay, mm-hmm. whatever you might say about him internally with the Forty Nine organization, he's proven that he can turn. He's proven he can turn a team, a college or pro team, around. He did that. Took him to a Super Bowl. He was a vision champs. Okay, so I'm just telling you, that's not Kaepernick, and that, the talent was there. He was proving that he, was he's already a Super Bowl quarterback because he had been there.
1: Right.
2: So that's not that's not talent. That's the, that's the front office and that's coaching. Okay, just like I just got to telling you telling me, if you don't know how to take a talent like that and orchestrate that based on what what the talent pool is there. You got a problem. Look at they got a hell of a running back there. He's a beast back there. It's a young beast. You got Kaepernick now. What you got to do is figure out what to do with, with that talent you have. Now, Harvard's over at Michigan now, and you saw what he did with Michigan. They four and one, right. and the reason they could be undefeated because the bottom line is that they're being acclimated with a new system and new coach. Now it seems like he's turned them on real quick. You can get, you got to give all the credit to Jim Harbaugh both at Michigan and at the 49ers. You just don't even talk about talent up there. That's all coaching, the front office. And if they don't like what I said, they can get a you know, we can meet in the park somewhere. <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs>
1: I'm
2: just telling you that's the issue. They don't want to believe that. Then. And you know, hey, I'm a former player, so I, I can talk. I'm a former pro and stuff. So I, I can talk. See, I know. I've been in situations like that. Oh. I went from a system where I was flourishing, where I went, where I couldn't flourish. That's all coaching.
1: Right.
2: That's all coaching. That's it. And then, in line with that, whatever he's trying to demonstrate with the 49ers. The thing has changed. So when 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 the Jim Harburg leaves, you got to remember it took them two years to mold Kaepernick and that other. system. now you got a new system now. So that's the problem. It's got nothing to do with the coaches. Hmm. I mean, it got nothing to do with the players. It's all it's all about the coaching right now. And these players acclimating what he's trying to do defensively and all. Everything's changed with the Forty organization. It just versus. Nothing's changed with 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 the Patriots. Nothing's changed with the Steelers. You know, you see what I'm saying. So uh, you don't have an injury problem because you got a great quarterback and you got a great runner back
1: there.
2: You build you build around that. And this thing about him being a not being a pocket pocket quarterback, he could be a pocket quarterback. He just he doesn't have the system to the the, the developing as a pocket quarterback. I mean, physically, look, physically him. Cam and Cam and uh, <coughs> and uh, the kids and I mean I keep thinking of his name I keep what's the matter I'm losing I did to take my supplements this morning uh, Andrew Luck it, it those are the, to me those are the most physical guys and the most athletic guys uh, in the game right. and you can add Russell to that too but they got everything at the 49ers so that crap about you know I mean it's it's just a, it, everything look you win and lose. Super Bowls and championships in the front office, not on the field. It's, it's who's orchestrating that, that organization, that system. Right. And if the system's not right apart, in my opinion, football opinion, you're not going to win. One that the, goes from any level, that goes from any level.
0: One of the other things that, uh, I seem to notice this this season in, on the NFL level is uh, a lot of a lot of these teams that have been, you know, perennial favorites. Looks like they're struggling in the offensive line position. Looks like, uh, you know, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of, you know, running games getting stopped. Quarterbacks are getting sacked. Um, you know, not necessarily with, you know, the one, you know, like the Patriots or anything like that. But Seattle seems to be struggling in the offensive line. Uh, I was watching uh, another game where uh, I can't remember who it was right now. Uh, I think it was the uh, Chargers. They seem to be struggling in the offensive line. A lot of these teams seem to be struggling in the offensive line this year. Are they are the defenders getting bigger, better, and faster? Or is that still no. another uh, front office thing?
2: No, you got you got new coaches half the time in this stuff. You got injuries. You got new players coming and haven't played together. You know, and, and, and you got to remember you got some guys, some teams that change blocking techniques, you know, line calls, because you got line calls uh, on the offensive line. You got guys, look, if you have a successful offensive mind, you got to have guys that play together because when you call something, because the center usually calls the signals right. in conjunction with the quarterback, that's most of the problem going to what I've seen. It's just that you got new personality and haven't played together. You know, and that, that's it. And you get, when you get a new coach, a new coordinator, you know, you got different, you got different uh, terminology. Terminology, from an academic standpoint on the football field, can determine how good you're going to be as well. So you got to remember, go back to the Patriots they you know everybody, well, all they do is plug in and everybody helps each other but they have a systematic thing where they are all in sync when you get new coaching everything changes so therefore it becomes a learning learning curve you can't go you can't play in the national football league or any you know hall like division 1 if you've got a new system to come, new coaching, new blocking tech, new terminology, you're going to walk to the line of scrimmage. So you're thinking. You got, it's got to be second nature. You can't think because that's how, that's how quick the game is and, and how quick everybody's just, you know, so that's what it is. That's basically what it is. Right.
0: Two, uh, two other quick subjects uh, while we're still on the NFL level. As, as, as I've told you many times before, I, I, I am a, a huge fan, almost to the point of being a shill for the uh, NFL Network's uh, uh, football life. And I, I saw two uh, recently uh, with two players, and I, I want to talk to you about both of them. Uh, the first one was Christian Um, You know, he's this, this a kid who didn't play football till he got to college, uh, I think he played six years pro but he did some amazing things and I, had a, I heard a quote uh, by Deion uh, Sanders, somebody asked him well, you know, what do you do when you, you see a, a, a Christian Nikoya coming at you with a full head of steam and he says well that's the time you got to make a business decision um, you <laughs> <laughs> which I thought that was hilarious too uh, but you, you've seen these guys play uh, I mean, you know, give, me, give me your thoughts, let's, let's start with Christian Nikoya first, I mean, what was it about him that uh, that stood out
2: I don't know, man. He's back. He's back there in Nigeria. He knows Gorilla nuts. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he
0: opened the floodgates, man. There's about thirty guys now in the NFL. Uh, he no. was the first, but uh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I
2: know it. I mean, he came over, but the thing first of all, he was, he's, you know, you know, you know, you know, he was a pole barter. I think the University of the Pacific, I think, and I think he was. I'm not sure. Pole He was.
0: He was a discus thrower at um, at. Uh,
2: Oh, gosh. Azusa Pacific. Oh, Azusa Azusa Pacific. Well, let me tell you something. He was extremely strong Mm -hmm. and had great speed. He's a big, fast, fullback type of a guy where, you know, he could have played fullback league, but he played running back with the Chiefs. And, you know, Dion was right. Because, because uh, you know, Dion wasn't really known for coming up really sticking people. And therefore, I don't know how Dion would, would negotiate that kind of thing. If that's like a freight train coming to a lamb. So, so, I think, I think, I think uh, Dion uh, Dion just tried to let him try to step by him, and he just get on the back and ride. With
1: him.
2: But no, he was he was very strong, and uh, he picked the game up real well, and. Uh, I just wish he'd had more pieces of running when he's playing with the Chiefs. But you know, hey, look, he made his mark. He's a great player, wide-lasted, and uh, and he got out with all his faculties. His that's what's the most important thing. Exactly. But no, he was a, a great runner, man. Uh,
0: let's talk about the bus. Uh, you you talk about systems and whatnot. And uh, Jerome Bettis was with the Rams for for a number of years and. And it seemed like uh, at a point in time things weren't uh, going going right for him, and then he went over to the Steelers, and uh, you know the rest is history, man. Uh, uh, the guy guy's obviously talented. Obviously, uh, he, you know, came out of Notre Dame. I think his first round first round pick, um, and made it to the Hall of Fame. But uh, what, what are your thoughts on on him? He's another big 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 guy that, uh, that had had decent speed, real good speed.
2: Well, first of all, I met Jerome, Notre Dame guy, and here's another thing: I am almost say because he won't say. It. He's being politically correct but I'm not known for being politically correct and I don't care. First of all, the Rams made a mistake with him number one. And the Rams over the years, I don't know nearly the Rams have made a lot of a lot of mistakes with personnel and people. And I can even talk about me, what happened to me. And at the bottom line if Carol Rosen doesn't die back then I have a, a longer career with the Rams and what a lot of people don't know they wanted he, he wanted a package of me and Cullen Bryan in the backfield and stuff like me being a kick return. That never happened. So that never happened. I ended up walking away from the game. But Jerome Bettis, he should be—he should have finished his career with the Rams. But great that the Pittsburgh who had more insight, more systematic insight about a player that could fit in, he did what he did, and and that should—that's as far as I'm concerned. If I'm a if I'm a Ram executive, and you got rid of him. (laughs) Based on his his body of work and what he did for the state, and 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 become an all pro and a Super Bowl champion and a Hall of Famer, that's embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, far as I'm concerned, that's embarrassing. When you have a player like that that gets away from you and you mistreat that, and now he's a number one draft choice for you people, that's embarrassing.
1: Yeah,
2: that's disgusting. What, and Jerome, what? I, I spoke out for you. If you ever hear this broadcast, you know I <laughs> said, <it>. I don't even have Notre Dame guys.
0: So, uh, yeah, guys like Montana can keep, can keep waiting, right? <laughs>
2: no, that was terrible. Yeah. you him great player. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's a beast,
0: you know. Well, you know, one of the interesting things, uh, and then uh, you know, again, again, you know, you look, when you watch these shows, I know they show them in certain lights sometimes, but again, a lot of respect for him is what. The guys talked about how he was as a teammate. Man, they said, you know, guys, guys said that he made them better human beings. You know, and, you know, the guy, one of the guys talked about. It, he says, I, I, I didn't think he was going to talk to me because I was basically there to take his job, and he's telling me what, what I need to do to get better and and, and how to see the hole and which way to make the cut and you know and things like that. And and everybody who talked about him uh, just said, you know, not only was he a great player, he was an outstanding teammate.
2: But that's what you need too, you know. I mean you need you know, I mean you need leadership like that. He wasn't intimidated by the fact. If he knew for some moment was gonna be better, then it was, it was if it was gonna better the team, fine. Yeah. That's the way he was. And I've always heard that about him. And the bottom line is I mean he was a team guy that always wanted to make everybody better in terms, both defense and offense. and he enthused, he, he was very enthusiastic with everybody on on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And, and that's what you need on the team, period. I mean, some guys show their leadership in different ways, but that's how he did it when he was with the Steelers. Absolutely. And he was even more so that with he said than he was with the Rams. He was still trying to find his way to the Rams, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Which never happened.
0: Well, last, our last NFL uh, subject today is going to be uh, Mr. Greg Hardy.
2: That's disgusting. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, I, look, I don't know – I mean, his guys, he was getting interviewed and stuff. He was like playing everything off. The, the bottom line, you know, I look at guys like these young guys today, and I look back in my day. I said, God, you know something, dude? You wouldn't, even be, you wouldn't even be in the organization. You wouldn't even be in the league if one of us did that. Yeah. And I'm going I'm to bring you racing. If you'd have been a brother and did that, you'd have been, you'd have, not only you'd have been affected out of football, you'd have been affected in the real world of trying to get a job. You see, these guys don't get that today. And this guy on TV is playing off like he did nothing wrong. I mean, are you kidding me? You threw a girl on some, on some guns? Yeah. What are you smoking?
0: I think, I think uh, one of the things is, is this is true. Uh, you know, he, he was suspended all of last year except for one game, but he was suspended with pay. Uh, the first four games of this season he was without pay. So, you know, I think that's one of the reasons he's so cocky about it. He didn't, he didn't lose a dime last year.
2: Well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. He's never gonna get any endorsements. I never know about this. Uh, he can go probably win the M- he can go to the Super Bowl and be MVP, knowing that you know that he, he might will. Who knows? We're so warped out in how we select people these days and stuff. You can go, you can go sodomize might and still get endorsement deals these days. So they don't even care. Hmm. So I'm just saying, uh, Jerry Jones, he brought him in just purely as a, one of the top pass rushers in the league. That's it. That 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 is the, that that is what he's there for. If he was there for the total package, I don't think Jerry Jones' wife would let him bring him in there. Yeah. You know, but I and I know the, there's some owners wives in the league that think that he should be in the league.
1: Right.
2: And I know women groups that don't think he should be in the league. Mary he thinks and the women these women groups don't want any of them playing, Period. They shouldn't even represent an organization like the NFL, but that's the NFL. The bottom line is if you could play, you can put butts in the, you can put people in the stands, and you can get them, you have a shot of taking the Super Bowl. You are gonna play? That's the way it is now. I'm, I'm against it. Yeah. And, I'm, and you know, I, and you, I'm one of the rawest cats you gonna meet, street boy and everything else. But man, doing stuff like that, man, come on. You damn near 300 pounds.
1: Yeah.
2: If everything is true, what they said, you need, you, you need, you, you need another 300 pound kick kicking on your butt. <laughs>
0: Need <laughs> to
2: put
0: you to take you up and put some pink panties on you. <laughs> 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 oh, you're listening to Show on the Talk Show Radio Network. We're here with uh, USC and NFL great Anthony Davis, and, and we've been talking about the NFL. We're going to move over to the, the NCAA right now. We're going to talk about that pack. Well, first, let's talk about the top twenty-five. Ad, uh, yeah. you know, you, we you, you you've been a pr- big proponent about a full-fledged playoff system. Uh, but looking at the top twenty-five, you know, out of the top ten, only one team has a loss. The top ten teams, uh, nine of them are undefeated, and uh, Alabama's got the one loss, and they're they're sitting at number ten. And then uh, you know you got 10 teams below them that are undefeated. So, um,
2: what do you You're th- talking? To you come, Alabama's at ten, and they got they got other teams under the league, but Alabama with no no defeat, no 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 losses.
0: Yeah, you you got Alabama number ten. They're four and one. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you all the undefeated teams after that. Uh, Texas A&M, Florida. That's 11 and 12. Then you go to 14 is Northwestern. Uh, you go to 19 is Oklahoma State. You go to 22 is Cal. 23 is Iowa, and 25 is Memphis.
2: That's ridiculous. That thing is so totally flawed. You you shouldn't you should throw it out and just burn it. It doesn't make any sense. Yep. doesn't make any sense. All the people below Alabama should be ahead of them. Or either Alabama should be down because of the way the system's set up. But they're just, they're just banking on Alabama to be strong at the end. So so what happens when, if Alabama loses another game? So I don't think they will, but what if they do? Because on any given battery, anybody can beat you. I mean, they shouldn't even be there. If you got to underfill your teams below them, they're doing it because of strength of schedule. That's what it is. But the top 10, that's going to change again anyway. That's going to change. That's going to change by, by November. All it's going to be different. Right. So yeah. by November comes everybody's going to be voting on who they think is going to be in the top four, which is a joke. Okay, what if, what, if they, what if every team in the top ten had one loss? What do you do then? You go stretch the schedule again? Good
0: question. What Good.
2: if Alabama loses another one? Yeah. What happens there? What, do you keep keeping them up there? Because here, here's what I believe is what's going on. Systematically, what they're doing—they want to promote a certain brand. And like you, were, we were talking about USC, where they were where, where they were ranked like sixth, seventh at one time, and they got beat by Stanford, It was unranked. See, they, I believe they want to see a West Coast, East Coast national championship game. I really, I still think that's what they want to the mix. But if they keep losing, they can't. They, so they, if it becomes a musical chair thing, right. okay? But now. You see, you don't know who's going to win. You can't really predict anything. You can't really market anything. Because these teams that you're expecting to win are losing. Or if they're not losing, they're struggling in a win. Right. So that's the reason why. I'm t- And he, even my, even your boy Shaquille O'Neal said, man, he should have a full-fledged off. <laughs> yes, he see, came off.
1: <laughs> he absolutely did.
2: <laughs> you see, so that's what it should be. It should be a conference-to-conference seat-up using the bowl system. Go through the bowls and whatever comes out of the bowls, you start the playoff picture. That's how you got to do it. You know, I mean, wouldn't it be exciting? If the ACC was playing the Pac-12 for to get in there, and then you know, you know, the, that that would be that would be so. In my opinion, there'd be so much more excitement. There'll be more money generated.
1: Right.
2: Everything, and of course, you got the big sponsors out there that really want it anyway. So I mean, I don't get it. I just don't get. It. I mean, if, if, if I'm a, if you're if any of you listeners out there hearing my voice, I'm telling you, uh, if you just love football and you love college football and where the current system is, you just just gotta watch great play because you don't even know where your team's gonna end up at the end of the week. I mean, you're undefeated. You have undefeated. You have undefeated teams in the bottom ten. Yeah. <laughs> quite a few <laughs> And I believe you have more in the feet in the bottom 10 than you've got up mm-hmm. in the top 10.
1: Uh,
0: you have a, yeah, that's a good question here. One, two, three, you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Nope, oh, you got seven in the bottom 20 five, bottom 15 and nine in the top 10, but still, yeah the, it, 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 well, guess, uh,
2: well guess what? Yeah. This is my prediction. that top 10 is going to change. It's going to change. Yeah, you already see Was worried five teams that got beat last week in the top ten. It's going to keep changing. It's going to be musical chairs. Okay, who's winning this week? Where are you going to be? Are you going to be number two this week? Are you going to be number five this week? Are you going to be number eight this week? Is is number 13 going to be in the top ten? You don't, You never know. You never know. And, and, and another thing that screws up the system, here you've got two independents. you got BYU and you got Notre Dame independents. Now they're losing. So how do they fit in the mix? They need to join the conference. If you're gonna have a, you, they need to. You, you can't. You can't implement them if they keep losing. How are you going How are you gonna judge at Notre Dame when they're not even a conference? Right. Well, they're they're see,
0: independent. They're sitting at number fifteen right now.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, come on. And then they, and they got and, and so now you you got a little. You're gonna have a national game in a couple of weeks with them with USC. Where's SC now? Seventeen or eighteen?
0: SC, SC is seventeen at three and one. They play Washington this week. Stanford. Is eighteen at four and one. And they're going to play UCLA this week.
2: That's a toss-up game, and I'm, you, most people lean toward UCLA. Stanford after what Arizona State did to UCLA.
0: Let's talk about that. At USC, that USC That's walked in, in Arizona State and 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 pretty much demolished them after coming off that loss against Stanford, I believe it was. And then uh, Arizona State comes into uh, UCLA. I tell you that Berkovici plays great when he's here in LA. Uh, but he came in at UCLA, and they, and they just beat up on UCLA. How does that work?
2: Well, well, first of all, here's what, what that said about the FC game, FC beating, beating Arizona State 42-14, to 14. that says that Arizona State, at their home, just gave, gave three touchdowns away. That's basically what anybody break it down to, because basically you'd really talk about a 21-14 20, game if you take away all those mistakes. Right. Based on what, you had, what Arizona did coming to UCLA, but look what they did there. It was a whole other team being named, And based on what they were talking about, UCLA, they, they were the favorite to take the Pac-12. Yeah. You see, so what it does is the puzzle. Wait a minute. SC beats Arizona State 42-14. Arizona State comes in and beats, tears apart UCLA, whatever that score. It was a crazy score. I mean, so, and it really just so, just verify what I've been saying the whole year, is that the Pac-12 is a toss-up. So I mean, you know, and then you got Utah sitting out who annihilated Oregon, and they got two losses. So where are they going to be?
0: Here's here's here's, you mentioned Utah. Utah's sitting at four and zero. They're going to play Cal this this week, who's sitting at five and zero.
2: And so, 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 where is Utah ranked in the? Where is Utah ranked? Utah is number
0: seven in the nation.
2: They're number seven, top Mm -hmm. ten, right? Yep. Well,
0: and uh, Cal's number twenty-two.
2: Well, let me say this to you. The whole system's flaky because you don't know what's going to happen. You can't predict anything now. Right. And you've got all these analysts on TV and every time. What are you guys talking about? You can't predict. Once you just go on? once somebody go on to you and say, we can't predict anything. It's anybody's game from conference to conference. You can talk about their defense. You can talk about this. You can, Hey, look, until you get a, a full-fledged system in order, you can just discuss Great play and whatever, because on any game you, you see, you can have a, a team that has two losses can beat a, a team that was six and zero down the road, and, and and blow them out. And what do you do then? So that's that's the problem with everything. And the parity of college football has changed. If this people, there's teams that can play with all the teams, because the talent's gotten much better over the years. So don't think one one team in another another conference are inferior to the other. It doesn't it doesn't work like that. Right anybody can beat you on any given day, Boise State proved that against Oklahoma years <laughs> ago. They really can do it now.
0: <laughs> Boise State, I just saw them somewhere. Where are they listed? Uh, they're twenty-four, four and one, and uh, looks like they play the Spartans this week. The Spartans, Michigan State? No, 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 that's wrong. I'm looking at the logo. I, I don't like the logo. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know this logo. I, no, they don't play them. I don't know. They played some kind of Rams. Maybe it's a Maybe this. It looks like a ram. Never mind. Um, but yeah, there, uh, there, like you said, there's, there's so many teams here, and a lot of those teams that are below the the top ten, are five and teams. You know, there, you know, there's and, and you know the top ten is, is flooded with four and 0 and four and one four and one teams. So, it, <clears throat> you know, they've even played fewer games, and and they're still you know, ranked way low. I got you know, like you said. There, somebody's deciding how, how tough the schedule is a lot of these teams and, and I understand that too but it's it's still a toss and and like you said without a without a full-fledged playoff system uh, there's going to be some people that are getting left in the left in the weeds when come uh, come championship time come you know the big the big bowl game season
2: okay just put' let's, put, let's, do, the, let's do a scenario here that's that, that's picture we're in that's that picture we're in in December and pitch the top 10. They all have one loss, and you got five or six that got no loss in the top 15. Right. That could happen. Yes. So how do you deal with that? How do you deal with that? Who do you pick to be the top four teams of the playoffs? That can happen. Mathematically, that can happen. So how do you vote the, the top four teams to be in the playoffs? And then you're talking about... Teams could be could be in the bottom ten, the, the, the bottom, the, in the, the top fifteen to the bottom of that could be undefeated, and don't even get a shot, and they win their conference and don't even get a shot for the playoff to, 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 to compete. That can happen.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. Uh, we we it, it will be a mess.
2: <laughs> well, it's come It's coming to that. I mean, you can see what's going on. It's coming to that. Look, you already got Alabama at ten with one loss. And you got all these other teams that coming in. because it's gonna change next it's gonna change this week.
1: Right.
2: When you supposed to win, you lose. Look at it. Look, look at UCLA. When you supposed to win, you lose. Yeah. And not only you lose, you get blown out at your home at your house.
0: <laughs> I mean, they didn't
2: lose. They got blown out.
0: Yeah, they did. They got they got
2: whooped on. <laughs> and, 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 and that ain't even that ain't in them whooping, man. That's a
1: hanging.
2: <laughs> and, the, and the bottom line is, the poor kid, the freshman quarterback, you said, with all that hype, that hype just went out. The hype they just they just put a pin in that balloon, blew it up.
0: Yes, indeed. Well, just you know, just in case anybody's wondering, now the the, the poll we're going off of is the coach's poll, okay? Which uh, you know, the AP poll is not much different. And uh, you know, just here and there, there's a couple changes. Uh, matter of fact, on the on the a, on the AP poll, <laughs> Alabama's actually higher. They're at they're at uh, number eight on the AP poll. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, uh, and, like you said, man, without a playoff system, it's it's it's, it's funky.
2: Oh, and you know, and what's amazing, like, and I've told you all the time, we've been talking on radio, It's amazing. I could put every coach in America in a room. And I asked everyone, said, "You guys on a full fledged playoff?" Everyone would say, "Yes, we do."
1: Right.
2: And the only ones who said they don't, you know, they're full of it. Because, <laughs> because, because, because a real, true coach, a very competitive coach, would want his guys going against those other guys on any given Saturday to see who's the best. Right. On that given day, that's what competition is about. It ain't about some computer and some people voting because of all their political crap. They want they want to solve the game on the field. You got to play the game. Yeah. You ain't got to play the game because somebody's voting you in because of the strength of schedule and this, and we 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 expect this, and we predict that you to do this. You can't predict a football game. You can't you, you can't predict anything when you put a, a human element to it.
0: When when you know all the other sports, you know on the professional level, have full fledged playoffs. Yeah, uh, and uh, and uh, I don't know about all the uh, even even collegiate basketball. Pretty much, with you know you got the, right, you know so. I don't know why they don't do it with football, uh, and like you said, like you, you know, you and I were talking today. It's the it's the biggest moneymaker maker the NCAA has. Absolutely. Uh, so you think that they would uh, create a system there which would really, uh, really enthuse people a whole lot more?
2: Well, the thing is, the Lord of has got a playoff. Yeah. In football, that 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 North Dakota State up there, they been with one what three national championships. They've had playoffs. Well, oh, by the way, I like that coach anyway. I think that coach would be a great coach anywhere. That catch up and you got to check him out. I don't know his name, but I watched him a little bit. The way he runs the system's great.
1: Yeah.
2: But anyway, he's won those net, and they've had playoff playoff games. You gonna tell me Division One don't have a playoff system? That's crazy.
1: <laughs>
2: Top four. <laughs>
1: you
2: can't. You can't even dictate that. It is unfair. To, it's unfair to other schools. It's unfair to other coaches. It's just some, It's an unfair deal. Yeah. I know they're trying to. They're trying to put something together, but it ain't. It's not gonna work. Not gonna work. You gotta tweak it more. You gotta be, have gotta be full fledged. Not gonna work.
0: We gotta get you on the board, man. They gotta start listening to you,
2: Ad. Well, man, they'll run me off. Run me off. <laughs> I'm a, you know, they don't want the Al Davis types, you know. That's his so. But I mean, uh, but I mean, it's just it's just the way. They, but I know there's a lot of corporate people would love to see a full fledged playoff. Oh, I already so. know that for
0: Right. And, not, and I, like a lot of the fans, would, a lot of the fans would too. I mean, it's just, it, it just makes sense. And uh, you know, you don't, you want to, you you want don't leave question at the end of the at the end of the day. You don't want somebody to say, you know, we we could have been, we should have been, you know, we 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 were unfairly treated this way. You want the the season end where you say, well, look, this this team left standing, played everybody, and they won, right. won it all.
1: You right. Know?
2: So well, you know, you just, you just take. The UCLA game with Arizona this week, and the week before the SC Arizona State game. The end results of both of those two games is actually confuses. Wow! Now, if they have a full fledged playoff, that'd make that even interesting because okay, Arizona State beat UCLA, SC beat Arizona State. Right. Well, we still we still can see what can be if we had a full fledged playoff. You see, so without that full fledged playoff, and people see that. They'll sell, I and it's bogus. Because look what happened. Because nobody expected Arizona State to come in, come in the Rose Bowl and blow UCLA out like that.
1: No, and see.
2: no one expected SC to go down there and win forty-two to fourteen after what Stanford did to them.
1: No, no.
2: You see, so that, that that's where people start to say, "Oh God, this is bogus." You got to have a full play, six playoff, and everybody I talk to says the same thing.
0: Last, last but not least, Ad. Uh, while we're while we're here, let's let's talk about SC a little bit. I mean, you know, you guys, uh, you know, you, there's a long, long-standing uh, history. Uh, you know, it was, it was called tailback U, and you, and you, you know, you, you guys ran the ball a, a lot. You know, student body rights to my left, uh, and, and, and you know, a really good, solid ground game. I know the game as a whole has changed over over the years. Um, and they do—they have some decent running backs. Now, don't get me wrong, but when, when are we going to see them get back to to pounding it a, a downfield a lot? Uh, you know, we we have some, and there's some great receivers, and, and, and they, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, it has a good balanced attack when they when they're in sync. But uh, you know, SC was known for for guys like you and Garrett and OJ and you know just you know guys who just and Marcus and so many so many great running backs out of the school. Uh, and uh, although guys have been good, we don't see those kinds of names, and those kinds of numbers seem to be uh being generated uh as, as frequent as, as it used to be
2: well, here's, well here's, you know here's the deal I mean look i you know I know people listen to me all the time I talk look look, obviously the five national champions with me and to all you know all American and both sports, but since we're talking about football, look i played in the greatest time in school's history. And I'm very fortunate I was able to do that. And I had a coach who is legendary, won four national titles there. We set the standard. And I believe that you can do what we did today with this new day, modern day football. Uh I don't see them under the Sark system running the ball the way we did. I believe they have the kind of talent where they can have a balanced attack. I think he has a spread offense. I think he has a scripted offense and it can work if everything is running on all cylinders. That's my opinion from afar. Mm-hmm. But I would love to see them run the ball more cuz they do have the talent cuz I've seen it.
1: Yeah.
2: And I want to see a structured run game along the balance of the pass game. I think it, I think it, it I think it's I think it become a high octane offense if they do it that way. That's my point of view from a football standpoint, but I don't see it it's a strictly spread passing game. And they offset their passing with, a, with with occasional run here and there. So that's it. But I would love to see them run the ball and pound it more. And pound it in certain situations. Even if You don't have to do it 35, 40 times a game. But I'm saying, you know, you, you adjust it and you run it as needed. Right. But run it in a system, systematically, where it complements your pass game. Hayden and McKay over there, they, the athletic director and the social African director, they were there with me. They mm-hmm. saw what Coach McKay did. Right. John McKay Jr. knows what his father did. We played in the greatest time in the school's history. It worked then, it can work now. Pat knows that, and JK knows that. And a little bit old school, and Stanford proved it with less talent. They proved it. They, they, They had clock management. You know, they ran the ball, they threw it. They had a guy that was inferior to the talent. That they have there, rush for a hundred something yards. You gonna tell me that they can't do something similar to that? Come on. Exactly. But I, but but that's me. I'm being a Trojan fan. I'm being a Trojan alumnus who played there, and and, and maybe it maybe comes off cocky and arrogant about me being a national champion. And you know that's why I'm pushing my chest out. Look, I we re- <laughs> I, re- I, I proved it.
1: with
2: with my teammates.
0: Absolutely.
2: And the fact that that there's a proven deal, you should take note of that. But, you know, I'm not going to question the man and say, look, you know, you need to come to the school of the old school of the McKay years or the Anthony Davis years or the O.J. Simpson years or or the Mike Garrett or Charles White or Marcus Allen. But at the end of the day, we proved that it was successful.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
2: So, So as it stands today, the seventy-two Trojans are greatest team in most people's opinions of all time, pound for pound. But it's definitely the greatest team at FC. That's the standard. That's the pressure that that the current regime has. So you got when you walk around, look at that, look at that stuff, and look what we did. That's tradition. This ain't Idaho State. You know, this ain't Weber State. This is USC. So you got to live. You got to play to a certain standard, and that's what USC people expect
1: i
0: absolutely i, I know that I know the fans expected I know the, a lot of the alumni expected i like even listen i know I know people who are Notre Dame fans that expect uh some of that out of s c and they don't want to they don't want to have to play against it, but they expect to, to see that that type of uh activity over there
2: well, see the thing is people ask me all the time s c people and people alike I said, listen, you know I'm involved in the real estate development business now. And uh, you know, I got a book out. I've just done a movie, and they asked me, and people talk to me like I'm on
1: campus. <laughs> I said, man, I'm
2: not even there. I mean I'm not even a practice field. I'm, I'm talking from afar. I'm just telling you that that you know why don't they people? Why don't they run the ball the way you did? Why don't they do this and how come they do that? He, if it worked then it works. I said, yeah, you're absolutely right. But hey, this is just the new coach. This is a regime, and he, he's got to spell out. Who knows? He might be successful. He might not. So at the end of this year, we all see what happens. We'll find out where the school, the, the program will be. I get questioned on a daily. I get questioned on a daily basis.
0: Ad, as always, it's a, it's a, it's an honor and a pleasure to have a chance to chat with you and, and talk this stuff, and, and uh, we'll do it again soon, brother.
2: Okay, thanks, Swoops.
0: Absolutely, the great Anthony Davis, everybody, and uh, as I always say, that uh, you get a chance. if you, you have any connection with SC? You need to give him a call over there. That man's jersey, jersey should be retired, and he should be in the Rose Bowl Hall of Fame. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll come back with uh, Bob Case. You're listening to Swoops Road on the Talk Story Radio Network. And uh, let's see here. What are we to listen to? How about this one?
2: Hey, how you doing? This is Joe Walsh. I'm speaking on behalf of Rad. It's okay to rock and roll, right? But don't drive home drunk. But if you're drunk, call me up. I have a limo. I'll come and get you.
3: A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, Rad, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council.
1: With hate, trouble's on display, still everything's okay. Foaming at your prey, the lights get to a new lay. The purpose underway, but those shoes don't fit in.
0: Bob Case.
3: Yes, it is. is this Keith Lewis? It's the
0: swoop. Yeah, that, that. Hey, how you doing, Bob? Thanks, man. Uh, let's let me do this right. We're going to welcome uh, Bob Case to the show. Bob Case is the Vice President of the International Boxing Association. Longtime USC supporter. Good friend of the show, and we're always happy to have a chance to chat with him. How you doing, Bob?
3: I'm doing great, Keith. How's it been going with you, buddy?
0: Excellent, excellent, excellent. We just had a chance to uh, chat with uh, one of one of SC's uh, that's favorite alumnus uh, Anthony Davis, and uh, we were talking to him, uh, you know, about sports in general and, and the NFL and then uh, you know the Pac-12 and the NCAA. But uh, we didn't go into detail on what's happening over there at SC these days. We, we talked a little bit about uh, you know the, the running the run game and whatnot. But you uh, you always on the inside scoop. You always hearing things and stuff like that. Uh, you know they. Since we've talked, they they off to a four and one start. They lost uh, to Stanford, uh, went down, uh, bounced back from that against uh, Arizona State. But uh, what are your thoughts on what's happening so far this season, man?
3: Well, I think Keith will know. You had me on before. I think I told you. I think FC has better talent than any uh, team in the Pac-12. Uh, nobody even close to it. Um, UCLA was until they had the injuries from uh, you know Jack and Vanderbilt, but uh, and another. Uh, Defensive back, but I think SC is just. Uh, unfortunately, it's you know you don't know what what day what you're going to get every day, and when you see that kind of stuff going on, as as we've talked about before, it's it's how they're being coached, yeah. and uh, you know i I was at the Stanford game and I had some NFL guys sitting with me, and we talked about that a little earlier, and uh, they told me one guy had been in the NFL for many many years, and he said I, he had never seen defensive linemen. Uh, uh, you know, go after the offensive linemen and put their helmets in their numbers. you said the first thing they teach, I mean, you were a linebacker in high school, Keith, I mean, the first thing they teach every defensive player is to keep your head up so you know where the running back and the quarterback is. You don't bury your helmet in their numbers.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And, they you know, the defensive line, with all they were doing was bull rushing. They weren't uh, moving around. The guys were trying to fake them out or go around them or anything, you know, so it's it is what it is. You know they they had no sacks out of the defensive line. I don't believe or one or some, some amazing stat. And uh, you know it's it's you know the same gentleman from the NFL said to me, think what that defensive line would be this year, four years under Coach O, Ed O'Drone. Yeah. and think what the defensive backs would be. This would be their third year under Clancy Pendergrass. But you know, uh, it, it, you know it, it's just like when when the Rams hired Dick Vermeil and they won the Super Bowl. Dip Meal went out and got the best football men he could find. Football men, Jim Hannafin, ex older guy, coach, you know, many years in the NFL. All all these guys who were foot you didn't go out and hire his buddies. Right. And and you can't bring your buddies in and expect to win, you know, and there, there's so many, so many things going on wrong around there that, that I've heard about and see and hear. Uh, I, as I told you, I've been an S C fan for uh a half century, and I've never heard, and I've known all the players, and met from everybody, and I've never seen anything uh, where there's much complaining about assistant <laughs> coaches, you know. So, but it is what it is, you know. So it's like, you know, it's, you know, it's who's hiring here and who's doing that, and you know, it's like, um, you know, and I understand where Anthony Davis can't talk about it because. One of his teammates is running the thing over there, and you know, it, which is even all the more interesting why they never have him around that school. You know, that's just a, another mystery to me. But it, it kind of goes along with everything else he's done over there. Yeah. So you know, um, you know, it, it just at all you know. I mean, you, you see, you have a guy like Sam Cunningham who's part of history, uh, living in Los Angeles, and we talked about that before. and right. you know, These other guys, and Cr Robertson, and, and you know, an AD who's, you know, never ever, you know, he never asked to come over there they, they don't even I don't think he even goes around that school anymore other than to go to the, the vandenberg building for educational issues you know he doesn't have anything to do with the sports department as far as I know yeah so but you know um, other than that you know I think the team could still you know if, if they won 10 games it wouldn't surprise me and if they we six and six. It wouldn't surprise me. Wow. Does that make sense? That's, yeah. yeah in other words,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't surprise you uh, if they if they won that from the what the heart of the players, but uh, the six and six to coaching, right?
3: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's there's I, I know a lot of the players are not happy, but they can't talk right. because if they say anything, they bench them. You know, I mean, Kevon Seymour was benched in one game. You know, and uh, you know you look and you say, why was he benched? He was a three year starter. You know. Right. So you know, and and, and they can hold the see these guys don't want to go in the NFL, and if they don't play, the, the, these coaches, even though they're they're lousy coaches, they can hurt these players right. and their future. So the players' future. So that's why they can't really say much to the players, you know, because they'll they'll be buried.
0: It's 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 amazing uh, that you you know you hear stories <clears throat> about uh, about. The school lately uh, has been in the news and, and and things that, you know, people have told me over the years, uh, and it was hard to believe because, you know, SC is right in the heart of, uh, you know, basically, uh, you know, right around the Coliseum there. Some people refer to that as South Central L.A., uh, and, you know, it's, it's, it's right there in the heart of, of, of what, you know, the, in the history of L.A., And, you know, over the years, I would hear people say, you know, there's a lot of uh, racial tension on campus there. And I'm like, no, there's no way. I've been on that campus. I don't see it. But then I I see the story uh, this past uh, two weeks ago about, uh, you know, some some racial uh, animosity towards the student body president because she's of, uh, I believe, Indian descent. Uh, You know, you start to hear now you start to hear rumblings again. And um, I, I wonder if that affects the football team at all.
3: I'm sure it does. I mean, the, I, I, I know for a fact that certain guys are treated differently, you know. In other words, I, I, I just know for a fact, you know, uh, we discussed how certain guys that of certain color are have a golden road laid out in front of them, and other guys, you know, kind of struggle, you know. Mm-hmm. so And it's it's real obvious, you know, and, and of, of all the people I think that should reach out and try to help these people, is their athletic director there who really doesn't do anything but serve himself and uh, so you know but it's it's like uh you know it, but it is what it is you know I, I can't i don't have the power one thing i've learned is you know you win when you surrender i don't have the power to change that program right. and I, I, i'll root for him you know if ben laden was coaching the team i'll root. For him <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a trojan fan you know, you know what i mean i mean if if uh you know if it, it, i'd still root for him you know yeah. because i've Growing up being a Trojan fan, and just like I'm, i you know, grew up you know rooting for the Yankees in Cajun. Oh, by the way, did you you know you? I wanted to tell you that what a sad thing it was when Yogi Berra. We talked about one yeah,
1: of the wow. we
3: lost another one of our great players. Exactly. You know, and um, he you know I must have had fifty phone calls here when he passed, and and um, he's like you couldn't say a bad word about him. You know what I mean? Another one of those guys. That,
1: yeah.
3: yeah, it was just uh, his teammates loved him. The fans loved him, the media loved him and you know, and Casey Stingle loved him. I mean, Casey told me many, many times, he used to tell me, Yogi Berra uh, was his favorite player.
1: Yeah.
3: Not Mickey Mantle, not Joe DiMaggio, not you know, Whitey Ford. That was Yogi Berra. And he used to call him his assistant manager. And he used to say to me, if I heard him say it once, I heard him say it a thousand times. He'd say Casey used to yell when he'd talk, he'd say, They say he reads comic books. He played like a goddamn genius for me.
1: <laughs>
3: you know how many times I heard him say that. I mean, yo, you know, you know some of Yogi's clips. I mean, he was a character. Yeah. I mean, the guy had like an eighth grade. His wife one time said, her name is Carmen." She says, "She said I'm going out," and Yogi said, "Where are you going?" She said, "I'm going to see Doctor Shivago and Yogi said, "What the hell's wrong with you now?" <laughs> In other, in other words, he went to a restaurant to eat and the place was packed and he said, No wonder this place never does any business. It's, it's always too crowded.
1: <laughs>
3: they asked him if he wanted a pizza one time and they said, You want to cut in eights or four? He said, I'm starving, can you cut it in eights? <laughs> no, there's a whole there's a whole thing that and, and, and this is real stuff, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's never over till it's over, and, you know, yeah, exactly. you know, the guy, the guy was, and you know, you know the great thing about Yogi, he knew where all the bodies were buried, you know, yeah. about his teammates and all the, all the screwing around, <laughs> all the bullshit, He never, ever said a word, you understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. In other words, you talk about a guy you'd want to do a bank job with, never <laughs> said a word, ever in his life, he just acted, you know what I mean, he just acted like Yogi, you know what I mean? I remember. But he, believe me, he knew, they were out drinking, he was one of the guys, you know yeah. what I mean? yeah.
0: Well, it's interesting because you and I had talked about him less than like, two months ago, and you're, you're yeah. telling me, and you were telling me, you know, how much Casey uh, loved him and whatnot, and and then uh, you know, just a few weeks ago, to find out that he, you know, you to get the news on that, it just, you know, it's just kind of, it's really sad because he, like you said, he's he's one of the one of the good guys. I, I saw them interviewing just about every Yankee superstar of the last, you know. Century and they all had nothing but great things to say about him, and they were all obviously hurt. I mean, you know, they were emotional about it.
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, if if you didn't, if somebody didn't like Yogi Bear, there was something wrong with him. You know what I mean? mean, That that guy, I never heard, I never heard a negative word about. I never saw him refuse an autograph. I never saw. I mean, I was around the guy for years, and uh, and he never changed. He was always the same. I was, you know, I met him in 1962, and knew him his whole life, and he was always the same, never changed, you know, that I got to really know him, you know, for all the 10 years I was with Casey Stengel, you know, I got to, because Casey stayed in touch with him and everything,
1: so. Yeah, wow.
3: But, you know, just another, you know, it's like part of my childhood, I'm a little older than you, Keith, but he was part of my childhood, you know, so it's like, you know, it's sad to see these guys going, you know, so.
0: Exactly. You know, we were talking, you know, talking about, you know, the SC and the football program, you know, uh you mentioned uh you mentioned o, coach O, and i actually was watching the lsu game uh, uh last weekend uh, and uh, they actually showed him on the sidelines after uh one of the players did it did something great and they were and they they were saying what it would have how lucky lsu was to, to be able to to have him uh, as a you know the, i don't know if he's a coordinator or the line coach but to have him as part of their part of their team and what a what a big you know what what experience and and talent that he brings to that program and you know when you it, it, you know we all love them but, but it's kind of sad to hear him talk about him like that uh uh at, at another uh, you know at another program when the guy really well, should that's, have had a that's shot right?
3: i mean i i went with one of their big donors i saw yeah. the other day over us having lunch in malibu and he said to me i'm not going to name his name but he said to me he personally called hayden and said don't get rid of cocho yeah and, and hayden said, uh i got to do what's best for the university. Well, he did. Yeah. He did what was best for the university. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, same as he did with the basketball team. You know, he did what was best for the university. I think they're 22 and 68 in the Pac-10. Yeah. Or 12. You
1: know.
3: yeah. So, you know, uh, the guy is, uh, you know, they've they got to get some new blood around that place. You know what I mean? And I was one of the guys, as I told you before, that was thrilled when they got him. I thought the guy was going to be great. You know what I mean? But, yeah. Uh, you know. I remember thinking, oh, good. <laughs> you know, he'll 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 help some of his teammates and call them in. Oh, great. guy yeah, no.
0: No. Well, yeah, you know, it's funny because uh, yeah, you did tell me that. I didn't. I never saw it. I just, I just, I just never saw it because, you know, I, I. As far as I know, he was a, he was an announcer. I mean, you know, I know, I, knew, I know he had his degree.
3: Well, he's an announcer. He was an announcer, was an announcer for Notre Dame for yeah, many yeah, years. I just, you
0: know? it was surprised when they when they brought him in. Uh, but you know, I, I was surprised when they took uh, you know uh, Pat Riley out of the out of the announcers' booth and put him in the uh, you know the head coach of the Lakers, and we saw what he did. So yeah, you never know. But uh, I just I just didn't see it, and uh, I haven't been impressed. The guy has not impressed no. me at all.
3: No, so. but you know that like I say, they keep recruiting such great players, and you know, uh, and they have you know these a lot of these writers, you know, you know they're on the take. I used to be able, like in the boxing business, I used to be able to w- read a writer,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and I could, like, if it was, for example, um, Alan Nolmond, you knew he was an, a top rank writer. Mm-hmm. If you read his articles, you know, in boxing, if you read, if you read Michael Katz in the New York Times, you knew he was a Don King writer. You know right. what I mean? Right. If you read certain guys, you know, they were Dan Goosen writers. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Uh, I, I'm not mentioning the other ones because they're still writing, but you know, <laughs> you, you, you knew, you just knew. Wh- you know, what writer got an envelope? You understand what I'm saying?
1: Exactly. exactly. So,
3: uh, and it's kind of the same with football. You know, a lot of these writers, they're not going to say too much because SC pays them, so they don't really write the truth. There's one that does, but most of them don't, you know, and uh, for whatever reason. But, you know, does I they, always do, say,
0: do They Do they, you know, you know, we, we always hear things, uh, you know, uh, just scuttlebutt as people talk. Um, certain writers get... You get uh, not not access. Do they get limit their access to uh, you know coaches and players? Absolutely, yeah.
3: they they do with certain writers, as you know. Certain players. I mean, you know, certain. I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, there's certain players that should be begged to come down there. You know what I mean and hang around the school, but yeah. they're, they're not even contacted or anything. You know what I mean. So, you know, in fact, Lendell White was kicked off the field, you know,
1: so, yeah. <laughs> because
3: he, because he tweeted that they should fire the defensive coordinator, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, and Lendell said, I'm not on your payroll, I'm just a fan, like everybody else.
1: Exactly, exactly. And,
3: uh, you know, they kicked him off the field in front of a national TV audience in the full Coliseum and all the young kids must have been aghast because a lot of those kids grew up idolizing him Wendell Lendell White, you know what I mean? And Lendell's a dear friend of mine and a great kid, you know, and, uh. I, I still can't believe that happened, but it's just been as we've talked about. Every time I come on, we talk. It's one thing after another. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's
0: and that's one thing. that's the that's the interesting thing. I, it's, you like to? I'd like to go a week or two without saying anything. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Negative. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. I mean,
3: hey, you know, I, I was shocked. I actually thought Arizona State was going to beat them. I was actually shocked that they came and won that game at Arizona State.
0: You know, Arizona State, uh, and and they started off the game. Uh, you know, competitive. And I think yeah. uh, they had a backup center plan and he made a couple of bad snaps. And then I think as, as things started to pile up on him, the game got away from him. I mean, uh, you know, I'm glad I see one. But I, it, it, I think because, uh, you know, they came, they bounced right back. I mean, they came in, they came into the Rose Bowl the following week and looked like a different, completely different team. So, yep. I don't know what it was, uh, it can be the heat because they lived there, but uh, I think they, there, something was going on there and, 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 and then things started to snowball on them and, it, and the game got away from them and they just couldn't get get it back together.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, Keith, when you make a bad hire, whether it's an athletic director or whether it's a coach, it, it, it's not like you can make a bad, you made a mistake, you can erase it. It puts your program back years. Right. You know? In other words, it, it, let's say it takes two or three years to fire a guy. And then you, you you have to get to replace the staff, and then the new coach has to come in and bring his people in. And then they got to and you know it, it just it it bad decisions, you know it, it it's it's like it, you know it's like hell. You know, I, a lot of my friends are in the fourth quarter, and we don't have time to sit around and wait for you know these screw ups. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, you know I know guys that want to see winning right now because you know they're like Brian Kennedy. You know he's a great SC supporter and fan. And, the field's named after him. You know, he said, "Bob, I want to see some winning now, yeah. not in, you know, ten years when exactly. they're peeing in a bottle."
0: <laughs> um, it's true, though. It's, yeah. it's absolutely true. And you know what? what one of the things I, I, I find interesting, uh, you know, growing up and and whatnot uh, over the years and different different programs, I, w- I would hear about how powerful the alumni association was and how they, you know, they got, they, they forced people out and whatnot. Even guys that uh, may have been winning at times, but they didn't, you know, they didn't like them. They didn't like the way he ran the program or he didn't think he went for, went for two when he should have or whatever. And you, you used to hear stories about coaches getting forced out by the alumni association and stuff like that. But we see, uh, we don't, you know, we see all kinds of thing, issues that pop up here and there over the last few years. And, uh, I don't hear anything about the alumni association uh, putting pressure on, on the uh, university for anything. Is everybody well, just happy and satisfied, or
3: what? Well, here's what you have: you have a guy there that's got, you know, a huge ego, mm-hmm. you know, edging God out, ego, a huge ego that that doesn't take advice from anybody, alumni association or anybody else. You know, will mm-hmm. ask for you'll ask him to write a check to do this or do that, but he, he won't do anything for any of them. You know what I mean? So, uh, and, and, and you see what's happened. In other words, um, you know, uh, Ed Ogeron, as I said before, and I know Ed personally, I talked to him not long ago, and I never have heard a bad word about him from anybody, anybody. I had, you know, from a a fan, from a coach, from from other coaches, from players. I mean, and then, you know, you think about it, why would Ed Ogeron want to work under Sarkisian? Sarkisian was a student aide when he was there. Do you yeah, understand what I'm saying? Right, right, He was he was like a coach's aide or whatever they are. Why would he work under him? It'd be like you know, it'd be like me, Willie Mays starting behind me. Do you understand yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. In center field. I mean, it's the dumbest thing I ever heard. It was it was an insult to him to even ask him to be there and work under this guy. Right. But uh, and and thank God, you know, coach. Oh, he must be just, you know. Shocked uh, that yeah you know, I, I hear players are calling families are calling him and stuff you know it, it's just unbelievable what's going on you know and uh, but it, you know it's there's not really much you can do about it except watch it and uh, and hope that there'll be some changes you know you know it's almost like. I've had a couple of people say that they're almost rooting for SC to lose so they can get this current regime <laughs> out of there. You know, these are lifelong SC <laughs> things. You know?
0: Hey, well, I, I, you know, I, 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 I'm not too not too proud to admit I, I was with the last one. Uh, finally yeah. exited out over there at LAX, but uh, you know, it's just you can only take so much, and you know, you, you, your hearts your hearts in there. And sometimes I mean, SC, think about good.
3: this. <laughs> Keith, think about this? SC is like Notre Dame. They're like the New York Yankees and the uh, and the Dodgers. You know. They're the biggest franchises in all hundred and twenty five or thirty Division One colleges, S C and Notre Dame. And I mean they're they're the okay, now why does Notre Dame get Kelly as a coach? Why does Alabama get Saban as a coach?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Why does Ohio State get Urban Meyer as a coach? Why does Michigan get Jim Harbaugh as a coach? Why does Washington get Peterson who had a great record as a coach, and why do we get who we get? Do you understand what I'm saying and you can only look i mean who do you think would what you don't think there's a lot of guys who would love to coach the s c Trojans
0: oh absolutely absolutely and i think but, uh, I think the schools you mentioned they 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 went out to find the best fit for their university out of the best best talent out there and absolutely i don't think I don't think any Friendships or, or buddy system was played. It was in. It was in the mix. Yeah. You know.
3: Yeah, I mean, people were people are still talking about that salute to Troy thing. I mean, that that's one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen happen to the university by a, a head coach. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it was it was an embarrassment. You yeah. know, and how the how the thing was handled after was an embarrassment. You know.
0: Well, yeah, because nothing was done.
3: <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> nothing has been done. You know, they just sweep it under the carpet. Yeah, you know. Just, you just, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Moving along, Absolutely. nothing to see here. Absolutely,
3: <laughs> but yeah, I, I was—I I think I told you that Reagan thing is going great. You know that you saw—you saw that, right? That was so,
0: outstanding, and, and you, it's interesting. You mentioned I saw some—I saw some commercials uh, uh, last week. Uh, yeah. About three times I saw the commercial, so it's still there, huh? It's still running.
3: Oh yeah, they—they it, 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 they put uh, all that stuff up June first. The the USC and at the Ronald Reagan Library, at the US the. The USC, and they call it the rivalry room. They have UCLA stuff and USC stuff. And it's, it's, it's for football fans, and they have NFL stuff. And the other, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing exhibition. It's going to be running from June. Uh, the first of June till the end of the 2016 Super Bowl. Nice. So if these fans haven't had a chance to see, I don't know about people who haven't gone to the Ronald Reagan Library, but that that place, you know, you can tour Air Force One. That's an all day place going there. You it know? is an
0: all day place, and I, was and I I heard
3: all, all I heard all the eleven uh, presidential candidates went through the the collection. You know, so it made me feel pretty good to know that. All of them were. Uh, they they had a big debate up there, and they they all yeah, looked yeah. at all this I stuff. I got so. to
0: see that stuff, you know. And, and what's really amazing about uh, not, not only the, the library, the, which which I, I need to go back and and, and finish up because when we were you know we were in a time. Oh, camp- we
3: went there. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But the, uh, the 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 exhibit. Not only do you have the rivalry room, and you have you know they've got the history of football there. If I mean, if you're if you're a history buff and you really love the sport of football. I mean, you get to see stuff that goes way back, old uniforms, and you know, yeah. the history of football is there in that exhibit. Now you could you could spend hours right there in that exhibit by itself.
3: Yeah, it's yep. amazing. You know, I'll tell you a little something interesting. You know, that some of the jerseys, it's, your, your guest' his jersey that that I lent them from the six touchdown game, that thing gets as much attention as anything in the place. Do you believe that?
0: As well, it should.
3: Yeah, and uh, so, you know, that made me feel, and they have the, the newspaper up there when he got Davis, 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 yes. Davis headlines, you know.
0: And then I think I also saw his uh, College f- Football Hall of Fame inductee certificate in there yep. too. Yeah, the that's there, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So and,
3: uh, you know, but, uh, you know, the bottom line is, uh, they, they had you know, they they have everything from O.J. Simpson stuff there to, you know, uh which is amazing because that made the Reagan Library. But,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: but uh, you, you know, what's interesting way. somebody, some, some guy called me the other day and was asking me about OJ and I said, you know, I never, and I knew the Jews pretty good, I, nobody that knew him ever saw that, that side. you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. He, but, you know, just a great guy, you know. I never saw that side. You know what I mean? So it's like, who knows? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. You just never know. It's like, you know, it's like you know, we watch the news, and somebody would say, you know, the the neighbor gets arrested for something, and they say, you know, I thought he was a nice guy. I never, never do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: Exactly. No, but I saw him. You know, it mixed with the public and yeah. for years, and how he treated people outside. You know, he was always great. Oh, right?
0: He was the. Uh, he was the. Was uh, not enterprise, but. Uh, the, Hurts Hertz, Hertz run-a-car Run yeah. guy. exactly. And yeah. yeah, he was
3: doing movies. Like, when is AD's movie coming out? Isn't that coming out pretty soon? In
0: December, uh, right around, I think it comes out on Christmas Day, uh, but pretty close to Christmas. So. And
3: it's called Concussion, right?
0: It's called, uh, I think it is called Concussion, yeah. Yeah,
3: and, With uh, 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 that's great. With Will Smith, Smith, right? And it looks, yeah.
0: you know, the previews look good, and uh, uh, it's getting a lot of it's getting a lot of press right now because uh, you know there's talking about you know concussions in the NFL is, is big subject so it's it looks like it's going to do real well and I'm looking forward to seeing it.
3: Yeah, that'll be fun.
0: Hey Bob, real real quick, uh, anything uh, anything on, on boxing we should know about right now?
3: Well, we got you know we just I'll tell you a big upset that happened. This this his name is Victor Postal. He's a you know like a a welterweight he he knocked out this Mathis guy who. Had beaten Pacquiao, you know. I mean, and beaten some great fighters, you know. Wow. And he knocked him out for the world title. And the guy was like twenty-two and 0. I saw him fight at the Forum not long ago, and uh, he was like twenty-two and 0 And had no, it wasn't no It was at the uh, StubHub, and uh, only had like nine knockouts or ten knockouts. So I didn't think he had a lot of power, but he ended up knocking. So he's, he's from the Ukraine. He's gotten better and better and better. Yeah. And but we got a big fight coming up in November. That's gonna. We need. It's all, like if, after you've had a bad meal, which we had with Pacquiao and Mayweather, mm. you want to have a good steak dinner, yeah. and, and, and that will be uh, Canelo Alvarez fighting Miguel Cotto, who's from Puerto Rico. And Canelo, which means cinnamon in Spanish, uh, Canelo Alvarez is a rock star in Mexico. All over the they they adore him. So it, it's two great fighters, and and you're not going to see any. You're going to you're gonna only see one victorious in this fight, walking yeah. away. You know, I mean the the other guy's gonna be dead. These two guys are Freddie Roach trains uh Miguel Cotto. Um and he's down, I think he's down in Hollywood training right now. And uh this Alvarez is trained in, in Mexico. But two great fighters, I think it'll be a huge pay per view and I think it'll be it'll give fans what they really want to see. And we got that young black heavyweight from america it's doing great you know the kid from alabama he knocked out a guy did you see that
0: no i didn't
3: yeah deontay wilders his name he's from alabama he he's the heavy a legitimate american heavyweight champion the first one we've had in years he knocked out a guy in the 11th round uh from france maybe two or three weeks ago really a good fight and you know he i think he's got he's 35 and 0 with 34 knockouts wow and he, he's 6 7 he's from al he wanted to be a uh, play for bear bryant in football and I think he had some tragedy in his family. his daughter had some something wrong with her or something, so he had to go to boxing and not go to college and and he's done great he's tall he's you know he's he's i i think he's gonna get better he's one of those guys that you look at and you, and you you know he's gonna get better every time he you know fights have
0: to look i'm gonna keep my eye out for both of her for, for the, the, the both Deontay these guys.
3: Wilder. he won he won the heavyweight title at u s c actually i think uh they they fought down there he fought this uh, Mexican heavyweight down there on the SC campus maybe oh. for the w, for the WBC title maybe a year ago a year and a half ago
0: that last you you mentioned uh, you mentioned Mayweather' the last fight that he fought uh, a couple couple about a month or so ago he uh, said that's his last fight uh, you, you think you think it is his last fight you think he, he's, had, he's he's content with tying uh, tying the record instead of trying to break it or
3: well let me ask you this what's his middle name <laughs> His name. It's Keith. money. It's money. That's right. Now, you don't think you don't think there's some promoter out there that's going to come up with with enough money for Floyd? But you, you know, do you realize, Keith, that he's the highest paid athlete in the history of this world?
0: Yes, I do. I read that. Uh, it's last not year. Muhammad
3: Ali. It's not Michael Jordan. It's not, this guy is the highest paid, and he's not a heavyweight. No.
0: He's the highest
3: paid athlete in the history of this world.
0: And not only that, they said he gets uh, not only is he the highest paid athlete. He's also the highest earner per hour because right? you know he you know, a couple fights a year, right? Yeah. And so yeah. these other guys got to play whole seasons to make to raking their cash. So
3: I got to tell you a funny observation about him. His his, his uncle Roger Mayweather was our was our. You remember Roger Mayweather? He, yes. He was our he was our IBA world champion. So I, I I used to go to stay at Roger's house in Las Vegas, and Floyd's father was in prison, so he lived with his uncle Roger, and Roger trained him in the beginning of his career. Uh-huh. And when Floyd was a young kid, do you believe he was like the most polite, hello, Mr. Case, you know, clean-cut looking, you know? It's almost like this is an act. You, know what I'm saying? you get what I'm saying? Well, you know,
0: it's interesting you say that, Bob. I, I saw a, a woman being interviewed who worked for Floyd, who wrote a book on Floyd yeah. with his blessing, and she said, she said, the public knows Money Mayweather, they don't know Floyd Mayweather.
3: So. Exactly. I mean, he, this kid, he used to wear like argyle sweaters. Yeah. He didn't dress like a thug. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean, he, he was clean cut looking.
1: You know, <laughs> you know, he was, he, I,
3: I knew him when he was like in the in the Olympic box office. He was living in Roger's house, and he couldn't have been more polite. every day. he called me Mister Case. You know, you
1: know,
3: I mean, that's not the guy I'm looking at now when I watch him on TV. You know, so. Yeah,
0: he's, he's he's a conglomerate. He, he he's, he's, he's le- he learned how to parlay that all in the, into. And so money, you sure. know,
3: it's kind of what Ali did, if you yeah, think about it. You exactly. know, Muhammad Ali did the same, you know, he he, he became braggadocio, and he, uh, did you read that article in Sports Illustrated, he's the most recognized face in the in world. In the world, yes. In our, yes. In our lifetime, do yes. you realize that? Yes, absolutely, absolutely.
0: Bob, it's always a pleasure to have a chance to chat with you and catch up, and uh, we, we, we got to do it more often, brother.
3: Yeah, Keith, I always enjoy talking to you, and I'm glad that you got one of the guy that's probably the greatest all-around player that ever played at SC. You know, they could do everything, you know. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, it's amazing the records he still holds. Kickoff returns. Uh, you know, That people think, you know, and then the, the, they only know him for the kickoffs. What about all the running? <laughs> the guys, do you know he right today in the history of SC, which was there in 1888, you know who the number three rusher in history is? Who? Anthony Davis.
1: Wow. Well, well.
3: Rushing. Not yeah. running back kickoffs. I'm talking about he's over 30 some 3,000-something 3, yards. He's behind... Uh, Charles White and Marcus Allen, and he broke O.J. Simpson's record. Yeah. So when you when you have this guy on your show, it, it warms my heart because he is a true superstar and he's never really gotten the due that he deserved, in my opinion. You know, the guy, and he's a great guy on top of it, as you know. Keith.
0: Absolutely. And 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 the biggest problem with that is is. is uh, he hasn't gotten the due, and everybody thinks he has. You know, everybody everybody believes he was in the Hall of Fame. Well, they
3: think fame. he's in the Rose Bowl Hall of Fame. Of fame. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is, a, that is a complete joke.
1: Yeah,
0: everybody you know, he had
3: 157 he, yards in the game where Sam Cunningham was the MVP. 80 at 157 yards and a touchdown, threw a touchdown to J.K. McKay in another game, ran for another time, played in three straight Rose Bowls on two national championship teams, yeah. and they, put, they don't put him in? Come on. No,
0: and everybody thinks his jersey's retired, too, until you... Get a glimpse of the sideline, and see some kid down there with his twenty eight. That's the other
3: thing, you know. You know Keith, this uh, this takes one minute, but yeah. why do they not put Reggie Bush's jersey back up in the Coliseum? You know, this this is the biggest scam in the history of sports, and that's another thing I didn't like how it was handled down there. Yeah. This guy's father lives two hundred miles from campus. Let some agent give him money to rent a house. Now, how is Pete Carroll supposed to know what his father's doing? He's got a hundred kids playing for him. Right. How's he supposed to baby? And it wasn't even his, it was his stepfather who's now divorced from his mother. And and Reggie Bush gets they, they throw the death penalty at SC for ten years. Are you kidding me? And nobody says a word about it. No. And 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 the 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 guy that did it was the Miami former athletic director.
1: Mm-hmm. And they let
3: Miami off when the guys getting the players laid, getting them abortions, taking them out in yachts, giving them money. The yeah. Shapiro guy yeah, and exactly. the guy and the guy the guy at Penn State's you know playing with little kids and. Having sex with little kids for ten years—they cover that up and they don't do anything to them, and they throw the death penalty at SC. Are you kidding me? Uh, and no, and 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 what happens? No leadership. Nobody wants to get up and fight them. I know SC ter- attorneys that would would have done the deal for nothing. You know, right. to go yeah. against the NCAA.
0: Exactly, man. But it's a shame, and you know, like you said, no leadership over there.
3: And uh, you're you're absolutely right. Eventually. But what have I always said? The fish thinks it's a head.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, God. It's always
0: a blast, Bob. Okay, Keith. You take God care, bless man. you, buddy. You too, my man. Okay. Thanks a lot. Bob Case, everybody. And uh, <laughs> always a pleasure to have a chance to chat with him. Hey, thanks for tuning in. And, uh, you know, we're... You know, occasionally we'll, uh, we'll pop back up in here. And uh, that was uh, a good one to have, have a chance to chat with A.D. and Bob. And uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. So thank you for listening to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. And until next time, dream as if you'll live forever. Live as if you'll die today. Good night, all.
1: The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors.